1: Joe and Amber. No Joe today, though he remains on vacation this week. Michael Rostein nice enough to fill in today for Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find Michael Rostein on social at Mike Rostein. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. You can also always tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. It is that simple to hear us. Joe is somewhere tropical. Michael and he tweeted out a day ago asking if anybody else likes to get a good stretching session in before a long day at the pool. He went on to say that his (laughs) wife laughs at him, but the moment that you disrespect the game is the moment that you get hurt. Does Michael Rothstein stretch before a long day at a pool?
0: Before a long day at a pool? No. Before five minutes on a treadmill? Yes. I'm I'm middle-aged now, so every stretch matters
1: Mm -hmm. without
0: Mm -hmm. question. I've read things that stretching isn't necessarily the thing Amber, but I've done this long (laughs) enough. I have to stretch.
1: We're doing this thing now where it's like, it's like everything in our world, right? It's like, you know, kale is good for you. Wait, no, kale isn't good for you. It's full of pesticides and whatever else and free radicals or whatever else. <laughs> stuff. Wait, wait, wait. It's It's like stretching. Stretching's great for you all through the 80s, 90s and early 2000s. Now, all of a sudden, it's like stretching actually might cause injury. Maybe we shouldn't be stretching. I feel like this is everything. Like everything goes through cycles. Everything is either good or bad. And we don't really know anything about anything. (laughs) And I just live my life in moderation because of it.
0: I mean, I've I've lived multiple cycles of eggs are good for you and bad for you. Yes. You want to know you want to know what I keep doing, Amber. I just keep eating two eggs every day.
1: If you like eggs, eat eggs. They're high in protein. I'm a big advocate of protein. But who knows? Maybe in uh, ten more years, we'll somehow find out that protein also isn't good for you. <laughs> Everything's bad for us. Thinks.
0: Even water somehow will one day be bad for us.
1: Oh, hundred percent. It's like what type of water are you drink. What's the pH level of your water? Is it filtered? Is it too filtered? Are we filtering out the good stuff? Are we filtering out the bad stuff? It, just live your life. And you know who's out here living his life? Eric Bieniemy, Because he's got a new job now. It appears that he is no longer going to be the OC of the Kansas City Chiefs. Instead, Adam Schefter is now reporting that the deal is done. It is official. Washington is giving Eric Bieniemy the title of assistant head coach and offensive coordinator. That means that, according to sources, a two-year deal with the Washington commanders, it also means that Patrick Mahomes no longer has the same OC over him. Andy Reid no longer has the under him. The now moving on to totally different territory there, Michael.
0: Yeah, he is. And I think it's good for the I also think it's actually maybe good for the chiefs as well. Now we'll see what the chiefs end up doing. Matt Nagy could be the guy there and there's familiarity there for the chiefs for Patrick Mahomes, obviously Andy Reid. So I like this move for both parties because if Eric end game here is to become a head coach, Amber, it's very clear that something was going on to keep him from having that happen while he was in Kansas City. If you buy into the whole concept of you need to call plays in order to become a head coach, then this will be the opportunity for him because he's going to have complete control of the offense. Now, I don't necessarily buy into that, Amber, but that to me is is part of this, it would seem like, for Eric Bieniemy.
1: I would think that that has everything to do with it. And obviously, the title of assistant head coach, I think, is letting us know he's going to have a lot more control there in Washington. So people are calling this a lateral move. It's lateral from the sense that we're going from coordinator to coordinator. I would say the assistant head coaching title though makes it a little less of a lateral move a little bit of a step up certainly a huge step up though also in terms of responsibility and in terms of coaching under the microscope because now there's going to be a whole lot more pressure on Eric Bieniemy. and I guess that's what he wants I mean I think it's one reason that he's making this move he wants more control he probably wants more power but also frankly he wants more credit and he didn't feel like he was going to get it there in Kansas City is what it seems it's pretty remarkable now in one week coming off off this Super Bowl not even a full week the enemies now with the commanders Jonathan Gannon is now with the Cardinals Shane Steichen is now with the Colts right like Spagnolo you're you're up I mean it's like all the coordinators are gone from the Super Bowl within five days of the Super Bowl it's pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah, but well, let's be real. No, no one should be maybe going after Spags there for a head coaching <laughs> job. That's been there, done that, did not necessarily work out well when that happened with the Rams. Uh, yeah, I I like this move for Eric Bieniemy because it's going to challenge him. Because it's also going to show, I think, exactly how good of an offensive mind he is. Because, again, he's going to get away from Andy Reid, but also this. He doesn't have Patrick Mahomes anymore. He has an un... Unknown. we're going to call it that, quarterback situation. I like his running backs. He's got some great talent at wide receiver with John Dotson and with Terry McLaurin. But there's, there's going to be work to do on that offense to find those leverage matchups that we've seen so often in Kansas City that have worked so well.
1: It ain't going to come easy there in Washington, and you don't know what the quarterback situation is going to end up being there for the commanders if he is able to make that offense into something, then he'll get all the credit in the world. And that's definitely what he probably already deserved in Kansas City. He didn't always get it in Kansas City. A lot of people feel like the should have had a head coaching job a long time ago. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Sky Moore, he is a receiver for the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. He was on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max and said the should have been a head coach. Man, that's my dog. I, that was my, uh, I just had an exit meeting with him, uh, I think, what was it a couple, yeah, a couple days ago. He was my last one. I was in there for like an hour and a half. That coach, coach EB, man, he's, he's a big reason of why we do what we do over here. He's, he's he just sets the, he kind of like sets the culture over here, and, and, and it doesn't it doesn't get talked about enough, I feel like. So I feel like he, he definitely deserves a head coacher spot. And, When it will come, I don't know, but it definitely should be on the way for sure. I mean part of the problem is when you have a generational talent, some people are always calling are already calling him one of the greatest to ever do it in Patrick Mahomes, right? And you have Andy Reid, which there's no conversation anymore about whether he's a Hall of Fame caliber coach, then you're kind of living in the shadow of all of that. And he certainly will not be living in the shadow in any way in Washington. Sky Moore just said there it's not talked about enough in terms of the credit the Eric Bienemy deserves for these championships. It'll be talked about with the commanders.
0: It will be too, and there's also this, Amber. He's going to now work for a defensive-minded head coach in Ron Rivera. Now, Ron Rivera has been around for a long time. He obviously knows offensive football as well, but he's always been a defensive-minded guy. So it's not like there's going to be as much maybe say from the head coach beyond what you would typically have in Washington. And that, I would imagine, had to also appeal to Eric Bieniemy of saying, this is my show. This is what it's going to look like. And, you know, to Sky Moore's point, If all of a sudden Kansas City takes a step back, which I do not think is going to happen, let me be very clear, but if they take a step back, then people can say, well, no, maybe Eric Biennemi should have gotten gotten a little bit more of the credit there if things don't work out quite as well in Kansas City next season, but I'm also of the belief that that's not going to be the case.
1: Uh, I'm not betting against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought they were going to take a little step back with Tyreek Hill's departure, I learned my lesson, so I'm not betting on them <laughs> taking any sort of step back without Eric Biennium. But you're right. Uh, in, in the event that they did, certainly that would heighten the conversation around the future of enemy. Coming up next, Derek Carr is set to visit the Jets. Will he be their quarterback next season? Just about every darn quarterback that might be out there has been linked to this New York Jets team, except for, you know, That Zach Wilson guy, who is supposed to be their quarterback. We're going to talk about this next. Michael Rostein filling in for Joe Fortball. Joe and Amber, the podcast.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE.
1: Rolling along here on Joe and Amber, Michael Rostein filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh today. Find him on social at Mike Rostein. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. We always welcome your phone calls when you want to chime in. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. That's the number. That's how you find us. That's how Matt in Atlantic City found us. Matt, thanks for the call tonight. What do you have for us? Hey,
0: good evening, Amber and Mike. And Amber, you know, I'm a diehard Giants fan, so I'm keeping in the division here with the commanders and Eric bien If the Kansas City Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl, Eric bien does not take this job. Um, I think it's a bad hire for him because uh, you go from Carson Wentz to Taylor Heineke in the middle of the season who shows you spurts of uh, flashes of greatness, maybe. And then at the end of the year with Sam Howe. And that ownership in the debacle is, is Snyder going to sell the franchise? Well, what are they going to do? So... If Eric Biannimi does not win the Super Bowl with Kansas City, I don't think he takes his job.
1: Uh, thanks for the call, Matt. Uh, we always appreciate when you chime in. I don't disagree with that take, uh, that him winning another ring here in Kansas City certainly helps him make feel more comfortable making this move. I do think it's interesting for Biannimi from the standpoint, Michael, of, yes, he's assistant head coach, which that in and of itself suggests somewhat of a promotion, right? And, and certainly a semblance of more control. However, with the change in ownership, like do we know for sure, like if R- R- Rivera moves on, is Biennemi definitely the next head coach of the Washington Commanders? You're, you're taking a chance there with everything that's happening with that ownership.
0: Sure, but at some point, I think if you're Eric Biennemi, you have to take a chance. Because it's clearly, if your goal is to be a head coach, it will not going to happen. Uh, that, that's one thing that was very obvious. It wasn't going to happen if he stayed in Kansas City unless Andy Reid retired. And then even then, it would, I think, depend on what the situation was when Andy Reid retired and frankly, how Patrick Holmes felt about all, this, all of it and everything else that goes into play with that. So yeah, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, this had to happen and I needed to go somewhere. And sure, why not take a shot?
1: There's been a lot of there's been a lot of rumors over the year. There's been a lot of theorizing of course of why Eric Pietemi was not having any luck getting head coaching jobs. It did feel like something had to change for him to kind of break out of that mold either way, any way you cut it, in order to eventually become a head coach, if in fact that's his goal. I definitely think that we're going to learn a lot about how good of a coach he really is because it's going to be much harder. With Washington, but also that's a challenge he clearly welcomes. I give him credit for that. He is certainly taking a more difficult job than the one it seems that he just had. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune into college basketball action tomorrow as Indiana hosts Illinois. Coverage begins at eleven thirty a.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Let's get back to the NFL. Raiders released quarterback Derek Carr ahead of the deadline worth $40 million of his contracts guaranteed. 2021, Derek Carr
0: midseason was an MVP candidate. I just love the beauty of him being a free and clear
1: free agent. We all know by now Derek Carr was released by the Las Vegas Raiders on Tuesday after that vet quarterback declined his no trade clause and just before forty million bucks would have become guaranteed and owed to him by the Raiders before sitting. Some of those final starts here at the end of this season before getting benched, he had started 91 straight games, 142 starts since entering the NFL back in 2014. That was tied with Tom Brady for the most starts for a quarterback during that span. When you pull the numbers for Carr, you know, he's passed for more than 4,000 yards in four of the past five seasons, Michael, uh, you know, it's the, the numbers are there. The stats are there. We've been calling him one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league for the majority of his tenure with the Raiders. And here he is sitting on an open and free market. And we're getting reports today that he is, in fact, meeting with the New York Jets. I feel like the New York Jets have been flirting with every quarterback that may become available. <laughs> this guy's actually available, though, Michael. He's actually out there. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is available. I don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to be available. This dude's available.
0: Yeah, well, listen, the Jets right now are swiping right on every quarterback available. Even the ones that, you know, if you're on Bumble, if you're single like I am and you're on Bumble or you're on I was like, swiping right. So
1: right, swiping right's good. Like, how, like break it down for uh, so, so okay. of us okay. We never okay. got so, to do so, the dating apps.
0: Yeah, so unfortunately I had to do the dating app thing for a little too long. But you swipe left, that means no. You swipe right, that oh, means okay. that means yes. That so so
1: fun. the, Jets, like the no, it's not.
0: Yeah, no, fun. No, it's not. Amber, it is I not fun. I want to swipe you, of Barbie course phone. you do because you there there are no con- no you don't want to <laughs> trust me. There is nothing there is nothing fun about swiping left or right. It is just angst and pain. Just saying. That is all it is. The Jets of course are trying to avoid angst and pain. But they are what they are doing essentially is They're
1: also used to angst and pain though. They are. They are. Hey,
0: I grew up in New York. My dad had season tickets to the Jets when I was a kid in the Ken O'Brien days and Jeff Blake days. Like the angst and pain fits well with the New York Jets. I like, I think that this could be a good thing for the Jets, but let's also understand this. It's not a guarantee that Derek Carr is going to go there because mm-hmm. he did already visit the Saints, and I think it was a very smart move from Derek Carr because if he is interested in the Saints, why would you agree to a trade with a team that has basically told you to kick rocks so that way they get something back? Why would you do that? Like You're hurting your new team. Like yeah, no I, point. Did, I
1: never understood... I mean the only the advantage to Derek Carr would have been if uh, then the clause would have kicked in the 40 million guarantee he's going to get paid he's going to get paid yeah, by any team he goes to so that's the problem See, he's not worried about it like that's typically the advantage is like hey if you work with us, if you play ball with us, we can get something back for you. You know you're about to get this guaranteed money that we're about to let kick in and some other team will take. It also makes him harder to trade, though. And then he would have a lot less control over where he goes. I feel like Derek Carr took a look at it all, and he's like, you know what? I got money. I'm about to get more money. I'm good. I don't need this guaranteed from the Raiders. It's going to make the control of my destiny harder and also give them something in return when I have zero interest in working with that franchise. So... Now he's on a free market, and now he's flirting with the Saints so far and the Jets, and I would imagine it's not going to stop there.
0: Probably not, although the old theory is, right, when you get a guy in the building, if you really want him, you don't let him leave. You say that with coaches, you say that with free agents. The Jets and Derek Carr seem like a really good fit because they are a team that it feels like are a veteran quarterback away from being a real legitimate contender and can really push the Bills and the Dolphins and the AFC East. They did it – frankly, they were doing it with whatever Zach Wilson was as a quarterback and the ghost of Mike White and the ghost of Joe Flacco. I mean, like, that's what they were working with. I, I They're they're really good. Their defense is solid. They have Brees Hall. And don't forget, they were doing it also without Brees Hall, who got mm-hmm. hurt. Like, yeah, this it, team's also, built a lot of people, well. A
1: lot, of, a lot of people forget that when they talk yeah. about – Zach Wilson, frankly, like a, a lot of people do forget that because Breeze Hall would have been very helpful um, to have sure. had for the rest of the season with Zach Wilson. It's so strange because it's like we're acting like they don't have a quarterback option at all. And that but dude was a number two overall <laughs> pick. And we didn't get to see it for a full season. I mean, we and also the win loss record when we did see it was not that bad, but they seem very committed to making it public that they're moving on because you are hearing about the flirtations with the Aaron Rodgers and with Lamar Jack and now actually bringing Derek Carr into the building Woody Johnson said that a quarterback's a missing piece he said that he would absolutely pay big bucks to acquire a veteran like there seems to be this philosophy in the organization that Zach Wilson ain't it and that they are ready to just move forward with somebody else
0: well Amber let's have a Let's have a little, very quickly, a little fun here because we're talking about number two overall pick as a barometer of talent. Past quarterbacks who have been taken at number two overall before Zach Wilson, Mitch Trubisky, Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, our colleague Robert Griffin the Third. Like that's it. That that that's that list from two thousand. Like the last really good one was Donovan McNabb, and that was in nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So. Just because we've taken number two, that doesn't mean anything.
1: <laughs> no, it just normally means that they don't move on from you very quickly True. because you're expensive. Like, that's what it normally means. It doesn't necessarily mean you're about to be good.
0: Yeah, without question. That's part of it. I mean, but again, look at what Cart- the Eagles did with Wentz. Look at what the Bears do with Trubisky. They were willing to move on fairly quickly. It looks like the Jets are going to do that, too.
1: The Jets are going to do that if they don't miss out on the opportunity. I do think they're playing a little bit of a dangerous game. They're bringing Derek Carr into the building. I don't know how much you want to continue to pursue an Aaron Rodgers that may not actually even leave Green Bay or, heck, play football next season, or a Lamar Jackson who might not be available whatsoever and might be tagged in Baltimore.
0: It is just angst and pain. Joe and Amber, the podcast.
1: michael rostein filling in for joe fort joe and amber we take you up until nine o'clock eastern all you have to do is tell your smart speaker to play espn radio it is that simple to hear us find him on social at mike rostein find me as well at amber w sports it is time for us to sound on sound off
0: they said it but what did they really mean
1: what are you trying to say to
0: us sound on sound off with joe and amber
1: Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson. The quarterback market this offseason could be pretty crazy. If the Dolphins aren't sold on Tua, could they go after Lamar Jackson? Here's Jeff Darlington on KJM this morning. I've gone through those kind of mental exercises myself. And, and like I, you think, like what, what does Mike McDaniel covet? He loves speed. I mean, he, 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 I, I think that it's the kind of situation where he actually would really enjoy coaching Lamar. To me, the Dolphins, since the end of the season, and I say this sincerely, have been very adamant with me privately, and they've done so publicly as well, that they are um, all in with Tua for this coming season. We welcome in our producer, James Steele. Producer extraordinaire is the title he prefers. Yeah, that's a good title. Uh, All right, so it doesn't sound like they're in on uh, replacing Tua or anything, but Amber, How pumped would you be if the Dolphins did uh, go after Lamar Jackson and he was your quarterback? I would be pumped if the Dolphins find a viable backup quarterback uh, who's not always injured at the same time Tua is injured. Like, I'll be pumped with that. Let's start there. Uh, Let's find somebody other than Teddy Bridgewater to back up an oft-injured Tua. Of course, I'd be pumped if Lamar Jackson was under center for the Miami Dolphins. The man has won an MVP. You know what Tua Tagovailoa has never done? No offense, Tua. Win an MVP. However, I think that there is 0.0% chance this happens. I do think the Ravens are going to tag Lamar. I don't think the Dolphins have enough to give up anyways. If they were trying to go after Lamar Jackson, it just doesn't like, it, it doesn't make sense. You'd have to pay him so much. None of this seems realistic with the Dolphins situation. I, I know Aaron Rodgers or is in those conversations. Like the Dolphins like flirt with these quarterbacks. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo maybe is, is a more realistic uh, supplanting to a kind of option because of his Ties there to Mike McDaniel with the 49ers. But even that Jimmy G is also got durability concerns. I don't, I just don't think any of it's happening, Michael. I think that Tua is going to end up being the quarterback. I think the difference is that you don't give him an extension. You pick up the fifth year option, but you don't extend him. Unlike Burrow and Herbert and Hertz and some of these other guys out of that same draft that we're about to see extended. And again, you get a viable backup who doesn't have durability concerns.
0: I mean, that's, that's the biggest key is getting a viable backup. Maybe you get Jacoby Brissett back. Maybe that's the solution there if you're at Miami. Mm. I, I, know, I, know, I, I, I know that doesn't excite you, but <laughs> Jacoby's, But when you're talking about the land of backup quarterbacks, that's not a bad option yeah, yeah. to have. He can at least win you some games. I just don't see it with Lamar Jackson because, first of all, I think he ends up back with the Ravens. Mm. I, I, because the Ravens just hired an offensive coordinator, Todd Monkin, that really can fit what Lamar does well. So, if I'm Baltimore, I'm doing everything I possibly can, the one caveat will be if Lamar is just like, I'm not going to sign, I'm not going to play when you tag me, you have Mm -hmm. to trade me, but even then, if you are a team, and the Atlanta Falcons, the team I cover for ESPN, is the team that's very much linked to Lamar Jackson if he were to get traded, that is a cost-prohibitive number for basically every team Mm -hmm. in the NFL, If he's going to demand that type of money, unless your team is basically set at this point with a whole bunch of guys on rookie deals, if you need to build it all, it's tough to make a move for Lamar Jackson. I think at the end of the day, they just get it done and they figure out a way to keep him in Baltimore. It just, Honestly, I know there's friction, but it just makes too much sense.
1: I think the problem that Lamar is running into with the Ravens is the guaranteed money that he wants to Sean Watson guarantee money. That's what it seems like. Right. I think that's a problem he might run into with every single owner in the NFL. Without question. It feels like the ownership across the NFL is pretty heck bent. On Lamar being or uh, Deshaun being the outlier, right? I mean, maybe.
0: Hey, maybe the Browns will go get Lamar Jackson too. (laughs) I'm kidding, you You know, because they, you know, it's always been said to me like, hey, there's always kind of a sucker in every type of deal, and Cleveland was, and it really hurt the NFL.
1: For some reason, some people think it would be a good idea for the Bears to trade Justin Fields and draft Bryce Young with the number one overall pick. I think it's lunacy. Herm Edwards, though, agrees with me. He was on NFL Live.
0: I would keep Justin Fields myself, and I would try to get out of the first round pick. There'll be some people that want to get a quarterback, number one, and really play and use this guy the way the Philadelphia Eagles use Jalen Hurst. Because I, I think this is where this thing is headed with this guy. I mean, Jalen Hurst this year came into a quarterback where all of a sudden we look at and say, you know what? His passing ability, uh, improved. And how do you improve his passing ability? I think you got to help him with some offensive linemen, get him a couple receivers. You got a guy, a big quarterback. Last time I checked, Chicago plays outside. It gets cold in November and December. This guy fits the mold of a quarterback that can play in Chicago. You need a big guy, not, not a little guy. Look, I like that quarterback that's coming out. We're talking about yeah, that's tremendous. But in Chicago, different atmosphere, different conditions to play under. Michael, could you see Justin Fields taking a Jalen Hurts like leap next season? Could I see it? Yeah. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But the biggest concern for me are two. So there are two concerns. One. He, the way that the Bears use him right now is so much as a runner, it's almost like a running back, and that's going to get him injured, and it's we saw it last year, and it's going to keep happening. Because as, good, as big as he is, like you just don't run a quarterback like, like that. You see that quarterback get hurt, whether it's Josh Allen, whether it's Lamar Jackson. The second thing is this. We don't exactly know how good he is as a thrower, because the Bears haven't given him that opportunity both with personnel and with play calls. So we don't know those types of things. I would be very he- hesitant to go out on that limb without knowing at least one of those two things.
1: I think he's got the talent that he could take a Jalen Hurts type leap. I don't think he has the team around him to take a Jalen Hurts type leap. I think the reason that Jalen was able to take that leap has a lot to do with the weapons and the O-line and everything falling into place. That's not a knock on Jalen. Most quarterbacks need good weapons and things around them. I mean, and people to throw the football to, right? And, Justin Fields hasn't had that. I don't know what his size has to do with the weather exactly. That I found amusing <laughs> about that fight from her. Like, so he needs to be bigger because it's colder in Chicago. But if he played down here in Miami, that he would be that like smaller. Uh, maybe that's why Tua. Maybe that's why they drafted a smaller quarterback. I never more, thought about it more, on those terms. May, more more blood and blood flow? More,
0: more blood and blood
1: flow, Amber? I, I, I have no idea. Saying. I don't know maybe where Herm was going. windy. And so, like, he feels like you need to be bigger so that he doesn't get knocked over by the wind. Is that what Irm's doing there? <laughs> I love it. I love it either I have way. No idea. I don't think. I think there's zero chance the Bears are moving on from Justin Fields. I think this is all a bunch of smoke and mirrors uh, to get more capital for trading away that number one pick. After outdriving Justin Thomas yesterday, Tiger Woods was caught handing him a feminine hygiene product. There were a lot of people that were offended by this. Tiger Woods has since apologized. Here was Tiger Woods apologizing earlier today.
0: It was supposed to be, you know, a funny game, but obviously it's, it hasn't turned out that way. And if I had met anybody, it was not the case. It was just uh, friends having, having fun and, you know, I said, if I offended anybody in any way, shape, or form, I'm sorry. Uh, It was not intended to be that way. Uh, It was just, you know, we play pranks on one another all the time. And uh, virally, I I think this did not come across that way. But between us, it it was different. Amber, how do you feel about what Tiger did yesterday?
1: I mean, I have to be honest. I I felt a little bit like an affront to the female sex when I opened up Twitter and saw the uproar about it because I initially was not, frankly, very offended by this. I, I... guess I can understand why feminine hygiene products make men a little bit uncomfortable like you know our husbands all go to the stores to buy them for us I don't think they particularly enjoy it I don't I just felt like it was like an inside joke amongst friends I didn't take I understand why some women like once I saw the tweets and women are saying okay well he's making a joke like he's essentially calling his competition a female which obviously that is something that does permeate sports and something that offends, of course, all of us as women. This idea that we are the weaker sex or we are the lesser sex, uh, that idea is, of course, degrading. I didn't take it as that from this exchange. I thought it was kind of like a inside, kind of uncomfortable, funny thing between friends. I don't... I, 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 once was standing in line at a club, Michael, and this is when I was like, you know, thought I was like hot bleep back in my like early 20s and my clubbing days in Miami, you know, and I'm like getting into this big nightclub. And and if you're one of those girls, like you think like you walk up, you try to skip the line, right? Like I walked up to the front of the line with my girlfriend. We all like think that we're like all hot, right? We're ready to go. And we like literally skip the entire huge line, walk straight up to the bouncer, just like egomaniacs. Mm-hmm. And it works, and he's like, ID's like he's gonna let us in. And I go into my little purse and I open it, and out flies the feminine hygiene product that Tiger Woods had handed uh, in that scenario, and just flies out of my purse, hits the bouncer, and just all on the floor. And he's like, uh, "Ma'am, you dropped your sticky stick," and somehow still let me in that nightclub. And I gotta say, even as a woman, in that moment. I was a little mortified about uh, my hygiene I, products. I don't I, know. I get, it's I get it. I am mean, about throwing one at a man. It, just, it, was, it was amusing in that moment. I didn't live it down for my girlfriend. As a former bouncer in
0: college, which most people would not believe because of my not large stature, <laughs> I, I would if that happened to me, I honestly would have cracked up and been like, come right on in because <laughs> I, don't think, I, I don't think you're going to be any more trouble to me tonight than you just were <laughs> five just seconds <laughs> ago. Don't think that's going an to be a problem. As oh, far as happens. yeah, as far as Tiger goes, I mean, I, I don't know I I I'm not I don't have a strong opinion on this one way or the other. It's not like he came out and said something horrifying. It's not like he really did something all that intentional. I, mean, I or feel like Tiger Woods has
1: done some kind of offensive. Thing yeah, I past. mean, like so if we're if talking we're, about women, if we're, if we're or certainly really, that's been alleged. Let's be real. I Just I like and, you know this if, if one wasn't the thing that I found if we're gonna look at the pantheon of things that Tiger
0: Woods has done like like, this is fairly low on it and uh, I mean at some point like not 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 everything is offensive like to every like well you don't need to be offended about everything
1: Right, but but, but it's certainly, certainly, people were, and they expressed yes. it. And in fairness to him, he and does that's come fair. out today. He, he takes it head on, and he says, like, that was not that was not the he did not that was not his intention, and, and certainly he did apologize for it. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, Michael Rostein filling in for Joe. Who will win the West in the NBA? That is a stacked and even more stacked Western Conference now since the trade deadline. We'll get into some hoops. This is ESPN Radio, Joe and Amber, the podcast. and the Phoenix Suns are nearing a blockbuster deal to bring in Nets star Kevin Durant. Four unprotected first-round
0: picks, a pick swap, all going back to the Nets for Kevin Durant. This is quite the haul for Brooklyn. If you were going to move Kevin Durant, you got back plenty to start fresh.
1: And this is a team
0: in the desert that certainly is going to have some immediate championship aspiration. Kevin Durant is a Phoenix Sun.
1: Kevin Durant is now a Phoenix Sun in a stacked Western conference. The Suns are sitting at fifth in that conference, but a lot of people having the Suns catapulting all the way to the top in terms of the team to beat. I'm not sure how fair that is, frankly, to Denver. So let's talk about that in just moments. But Tim Legler, ESPN's NBA analyst, he was on Get Up, and he says that it's championship or bust for Phoenix.
0: I also don't think this is a failure – Necessarily, like in terms of title or bust this year, because remember, KD is locked up contractually. Devin Booker's locked up, and DeAndre Ayton is locked up. So you got those three guys going forward for the next few years. It doesn't have to happen necessarily this year. Now, if he doesn't win one at some point in Phoenix in the next three years, I think then, yeah, you start to label it things like that.
1: So Legs is saying it's championship or bust with a three year window. I tend to agree with that. The problem with that analysis. Is I think you're ignoring a little bit the window there of CP three. How long is CP three even going to be playing, and also can CP three stay healthy and stay on the court? And that problem's not going to get any easier the older he gets?
0: No, a hundred percent that that's like the x factor when you look at this team. Well, also by the way, the other X factor will be Kevin Durant's health mm-hmm. because that, it's not Fair. like he's been the picture of health either i would agree with tim legler if anyone says a championship or bust this year it's like did you not learn anything from what happened in brooklyn like because that was the thing every year was championship or bust in brooklyn and guess what it busted over and over and over again the talent level is there but you're also leaving out the fact that they're in a very difficult conference Mm -hmm. and you're right about chris paul because Chris Paul right now is averaging what thirteen point seven points a game, four point two rebounds over over nine assists. Like he's still playing at a very high level. But as long as he's there, that window is open. If it's not there, then you need to figure out the point guard situation. Otherwise, this this team is probably a step below the Denver's of the world, and maybe even a team. And don't forget Memphis as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, you may be able to win a championship without CP3 on that. T- yeah. You're right. I mean, with a little little more toggling, right, and figuring out uh, the point guard situation. But – Maybe CB3 isn't the only thing To win a championship But while he's there He's 37 years old And you know You don't have this window Like so he's going to be 40 And you're still going to be relying on him To be like that next piece We already have the durability concerns You mentioned Kevin Durant I mean Devin Booker's missed time With durability concerns DeAndre Ayton is missed time With durability (laughs) concerns I was so impressed That the Suns were able to retain Ayton I always thought That with a KD deal When we've been floating this idea for the last year and a half that Aiton was going to end up being part of that deal I felt like it was paramount that they were able to retain his services they've got a good lineup with or without Chris Paul but CP3 might be the most important piece if in fact you can have him and have him available and in order to do that it feels like they've got to figure this thing out pretty quickly and to your point It also felt like they needed to figure out things pretty quickly. In Brooklyn, it never happened. The Clippers are another one of those teams, right? I mean, now, right now, when Paul George and Kawhi are out there playing, they are playing unbelievably when you pull all the advanced stats. The question is, are they going to be out there playing together? We see these teams with these big names come together. And just because the names come together on paper, I think we've learned time and time again, does not actually mean it'll result in championships.
0: Right, I mean, even look, go back to look at LeBron and Dwayne Wade in Miami. People thought they were going to win the championship every year Mm -hmm. because that was a super team with Dwayne and LeBron and Chris Bosh, and it didn't happen. Go back even further to the Lakers when they got, you know, late career Gary Payton and late career Carl Malone. Now, that team made the finals one year, but they didn't win a title. Super teams don't always work, and when it's championship or bust, that's a a really difficult conversation. Like, to me— Phoenix needs to get to at least a finals like if that doesn't happen I think this was a failure but I, I don't necessarily mean, think that it has to be a championship or bust. I think at least you've got to get to a finals in this window with this team that you've done because that's why you traded for KD, right? But this is not an easy deal because you've got Denver, you've got Memphis, you've got a Sacramento Kings team that I think is still surprising everybody, the Mavs traded for Kyrie, you mentioned the Clippers, and you've got younger teams like the Pels and the, the T-Wolves also, and we haven't even mentioned Golden State. Like, it's, mm-hmm. the West is stacked. Yeah. yeah,
1: the West is stacked. Golden State, if if they're healthy, if they can get healthy, yeah. the Pels and the Timberwolves continue to get better. I think, in, in that conversation of continuing to get better, like, there's a real problem there with the Grizz in that conference because I wouldn't want to be counting on, like, three years from now on the final year of KD's deal getting it done with Memphis continuing to get better because that's such a young, up and coming team. I don't know if I fully believe in the Kings. Uh, I feel bad saying that as they're sitting third in this conference and have been so surprised surprising this season. I'm just not sure I fully believe that I would see the Kings in an NBA finals, but I do think that we sleep on a Denver Nuggets team that is healthy. I think we forget the injuries that were on that team last season. And oh, by the way, it feels like Jokic is about to win his third MVP in a row. In fact, I'm not even sure there's much of an argument there this season. Like Joel Embiid is just the perennial runner up to Jokic because of just how phenomenal he is and he's so phenomenal this season.
0: Well here's the other piece of this, right, Amber. If we're talking about strictly this year, Denver's twenty-seven and four at home. Memphis mm-hmm. is twenty-four and five at home. We're more than halfway through the season. You're telling me that any of these other teams are gonna go win go win a game or two on They're the one. road? That's a really tough task for any of these teams. To do that because most of these teams have not been very good on the road, save for actually Sacramento, who's 15 and 13, and the Clippers are 18 and 15. Everybody else, 500 or worse on the road. So that's a tough ask, I think, to get out of Denver with a win, unless you pull one surprisingly.
1: I mean, we've hardly even talked about the fact that Kyrie is now in Dallas, right? Yep. And and what does that mean uh, for those two guys in what could be his only season in Dallas? So there might be some extra motivation and a contract year as well for Kyrie. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. NBA All-Star Weekend continues with State Farm All-Star Saturday night. Radio coverage presented by Indeed begins tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Coming up next, more Hoops talk. More Joe and Amber, but this time with Michael Rostein filling in for Joe. Joe and Amber, the podcast.